Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Horror, Wine, and Crime. I'm Lil Mills, and we got KK on the other mic. What up, what up? <laughs> Love the introduction. Um, uh, How's your day been? I worked, and then Charlotte had doctor's appointments. We're not close, but worth it because it was a good hospital. And she had a dance recital, which she did fabulous. Nice. Yes, which is really good because it's a um, a contemporary piece. So I was a little nervous. Um, and it's not like she's been dancing her whole life, or you know, she just started in high school. This is actually a class, but she's catching on really well. She's doing good. So, yeah, she seems to be killing it. She showed me a video of her doing it the other night and she looked really good doing it. So I'm sure she killed it on stage. So good, yeah. a good ending to your night. I mean, aside from this, at least, you know, you had a fun thing to end the night with. Yeah. I had a little bit of tropical smoothie to end the night. Ooh, nice. The food or just the smoothie? Um, I ended up getting the food. The family got smoothies. I've been de- dealing with some killer heartburn like mm-hmm. so I was worried that any dairy or any thing literally <laughs> that, anything yeah anything <laughs> that I put down my throat right now is just gonna hurt so I probably should not have ate the pizza that we ate last night oh yeah I'm for punishment it's so hard to say no to pizza you know so I get it well, I got Hawaiian just I figured no pepperoni no spicy stuff right that's true the pepperoni would have definitely kicked that heartburn into high gear for sure (laughs) oh man um well tonight we are drinking some revenge Revenge by St. Julian. I love how you said it. <laughs> I uh, thought it kind of was uh, a good tone, I guess, to go with the story, maybe. I don't yeah. know if it's really a revenge story, but... I think in the one person's mind, which you guys are going to hear soon, it's like a revenge story. <laughs> I think that the name could fit with that, definitely. Um, I St. Julian just always kills it with all their wines all the time. Also, hello to Dex Shepard. I binged his podcast for most of my work day today. I was catching up because I was real behind on his. Okay, yeah, we I last one I did was Pamela Anderson, which wasn't bad. I just wasn't it wasn't juicy. As- it wasn't as enthralled with them like the other ones. Like I'm like, oh my god, like I'm so excited. Like um a while a few weeks ago he did Anna Kendrick and I was like, oh my god, she's so cute, like the whole thing. Um yeah, I guess juicy, but no, yeah. Just, it, I feel like she didn't spill much of anything about anything. Really. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't juicy at all. Like there was no like details of anything that like I was like, ooh, or like, oh, I didn't know that, or you know, stuff like that. I feel like it was very like basic. But I'll probably still watch her Daco. I do want to watch that because they said it was really good too. 
And I did watch that um, Pam and Tommy show on Hulu. I don't know if you oh, watched the, that. That wasn't really them at all. No, it was like a scripted show, but it was like about them. Gotcha. But that was definitely a good a good watch. But tonight, um, we got this story. Me and Lo hung out yesterday, and I kind of like fumbled with the with the story so that we were gonna do. <laughs> but anyways, so we watched an episode of Snapped, and we saw. And this. then I fell asleep, so we just fucked up all yesterday <laughs> well you made it through the whole episode so that was good kind of I felt my eyes like rolling and I was trying to keep up and then I was talking we talked about it after it ended we gave our thoughts and you're typing away and next thing I know you're like hi and I'm like oh <laughs> hey uh <laughs> it was quiet in there and I was type. there's just sounds of typing you know that would soothe anyone to sleep <laughs> And it was late, so there's no judgment at all. <laughs> I told her I was I was gonna leave, and I was like, "Just stay in bed, I'm fine." But she she walked me to the door. I was like, "You could have just did. stayed right in bed." Nah, this heartburn's been kicking my ass, and then like last week it was a kidney stone, and I I'm telling you, the forty and up box is just really messing with me right now. Okay, dang. Been a roller coaster nonstop, like thing after thing. What the heck? But the night before, I did not sleep well at all. And but I did better last night. So good. We're going to just hopefully you're you're just on the up and up, you know, it'll just hopefully you'll sleep even better tonight and it'll just go away slowly. But heartburn does suck, especially when it's like multiple days in a row. Not fun. Yeah. And Saturday night, if all goes well, you and your guy is coming over and I want to be on my best because I have like plans to play like tic-tac-toe and stuff. Right. Now, guys, this tic-tac-toe is no regular tic-tac-toe. It is shot tic-tac-toe. Okay. Yes. So you take shots with the game of tic-tac-toe. I haven't played it yet, but it looks pretty, pretty epic. So I'm excited. If you have the heartburn, though, you can always just put water in yours. It's okay. Lame. I know. but mm-hmm. Yeah, but we don't want you to have a really bad heartburn. Worst case scenario, will just be like a little bit of white wine with uh, curds against humanity or something. Yeah, there we go. That works. We'll, we'll Google search what is the best alcohol when you have heartburn. <laughs> Or I guess the not not the best. I guess the least worst (laughs) would be the better way of saying it. (laughs) But yeah, so today's story comes from Snapped. Uh, I haven't actually watched that show in quite some time, so it was it was nice uh, getting into it. But this is the story of Lauren High, who is a person, not a high school. So Lauren High was born in 1988 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. He was an only child. Hello, Wisconsin. (laughs) Sorry. Amazing. Oh, my God. I had to. Okay. Sorry. No, I'm so glad you did that. You had to do that. (laughs) That's amazing. And if you guys don't know what that is, shame on you. (laughs) Google it. Figure it out. But yeah, he was an only child and he was raised by his mother and his grandmother. And they were both really 
hardworking people and they were both really loving women and they were super close to him. So he just had a really great relationship with them and he could kind of look up to them and they had very high expectations of him as well. He was kind of raised like a certain way with specific kinds of principles and morals that they expected from him Um which in the show, his friend is on talking about this. Uh, Curtis Peterson kind of breaks it down how his past was. Um, Lauren was the type of guy. He was really good with the ladies. You know, he was very charming. He was handsome. Everybody found him to be very likable. So he didn't have a tough time in the dating department. When Lauren was 18, um. Sadly, his mother had died unexpectedly of a heart attack. And, you know, this hit him really, really hard because he was extremely close to his mom. So her death obviously had a huge effect on him. Uh, He kind of began changing after his mom died. His friends would say he kind of was it was like he was trying to look for love, but like not necessarily in all the right places probably just trying to fill like the void after she died and like trying to just deal with all the emotions that he was going through. Um, After his mother died, um, his uh, one of his girlfriends, her name was Suzette. She says, I feel like a piece of him just left. He just didn't know how to fill that void. Um, And after this, you know, Lauren had numerous girlfriends. He was really dating around. Sometimes he was dating three girls at a time. So, you know, he was a big uh, playa playa. (laughs) And that. (laughs) Man whore. (laughs) He later fell in love with a woman named Natasha. um, And him and Natasha ended up having two daughters together. So they were pretty serious. Um. And he was a really great father. He would read them books. He would tuck them in at night and he would pray with them. Um, So he was definitely a dedicated father. However, Lauren and Natasha's relationship wouldn't last, um, but they remained on good terms for the sake of their kids. So, you know, it didn't seem like they had like a toxic relationship or anything like that. It was just kind of like, they decided that they weren't the right people for each other and they were just going to move on by like co-parenting. So flash forward a little bit to 2015, Lauren begins dating a woman named Porsche Marie Humphrey. So Portia, I said Porsche, but I'm pretty sure it's Porsche. <laughs> Porsche is short. My girl Porsche. (laughs) Um, Porsche was described as like a smooth talker. She had a really confident demeanor and she could really just hold the conversation and talk with anybody. Kind of like just how Lauren was. So I'm sure that they kind of like bounced off each other and I'm just like flowed in all the right ways. Um, So She was really easygoing with a lot of people. However, a family tragedy at an early age definitely had an effect on Portia. Her mom had killed her dad in front of her when she was younger, um, which her friend Laquisha Martin was talking about on Snap. She says that her mom was in prison. 
she was put into the system and, you know, she kind of turned to men to fill the gap that she felt like she didn't get from anybody else, which kind of sounds, you know, obviously it's different circumstances, but it sounds like her and Lauren were kind of dealing with their personal tragedies kind of in similar ways. And that kind of brought them together. So while she was still in her teens, Portia began a relationship with a man and she would end up having four children with him. Um, Although it didn't work out with the father of her children, um, they did go their separate ways. Kind of again, same situation with Lauren. They were kind of like a, Very similar in a lot of ways. So when Portia was 29, she then met and began dating Lauren. Um, Her friend says he loved her like no one had ever loved her. She felt like he was her knight in shining armor and she felt like she was going to be with him forever. So definitely she had very distinct, strong feelings for him. Um, You know, they even talked about marriage. They talked about kids. It was like a pretty fast and serious relationship that they were having. But after about a year into their relationship, things started to get a little bit rocky, a little bit shaky. They would fight a lot and it would often be over money. And also that Portia... You know, she was scared that Lauren would leave her for another woman. So she had a lot of insecurity issues and all of that fun stuff. Her friend Amber Williams said that she was an extremely jealous woman. Um, Apparently, Lauren had liked somebody's post on Facebook. And because of him liking somebody's post, they had a full-fledged argument about that. um, And that ultimately led to their breakup. And he was kind of just like done with the drama and like the overdramatics of her getting insecure and mad. I don't know what the post was, you know, I'm there's context to everything. Um, But yeah, that kind of was the breaking point of their relationship. So fast forward to February 5th of 2017, which I believe was a Super Bowl Sunday. Um, Curtis Peterson, one of the friends of Lauren's, he actually went to Lauren's house in Milwaukee because no one had heard from him in days, which was definitely not typical of him and not usually what he would do so the people in his life were starting to obviously worry when lauren didn't answer the front door curtis obviously just got nervous and he let himself in because his friend he obviously feared for his like life or like what was going on and once he got inside he did end up finding the 28 year old lauren on the living room floor, face down, dead from a gunshot wound to his chest. And, you know, to Curtis, it it looked like a suicide. He immediately, in his mind, thought that um, Lauren had killed himself. So he ran outside immediately after realizing that he was dead to call 911 to report that his friend had shot himself. So after he had called the police, they obviously 
arrived very quickly onto the scene and they took a look around and just started the whole process of um, figuring out what happened. Some of the things that they noticed while they were inside of Lauren's home, they saw that the temperature inside of his apartment, well, it was around 47 degrees Fahrenheit, which that's freaking cold. That's real freaking cold <laughs> to be inside of Dude, your- if my husband turns the heat down to like 68, I'm already like, what are you doing? Right. Why? What's yeah. going on? Anything like, below uh... 69 is like, I- I'm an icicle. <laughs> yeah. So obviously because it was so cold inside of his apartment, this meant that his body was unusually well-preserved, but it also made it hard to determine his time of death, you know, as far as the investigation goes, because his body was so well-preserved. It's like, they can't really tell when he would have died. Um, when I heard this, you know, it being 47 degrees in there, I'm like, girl, we dealing with a profesh. Okay. As low says, spishy, spishy, because fishy, fishy, spishy, spishy. Exactly. Because that's like someone purposely did that (laughs) that's like a meat freezer at a restaurant cold like yes like that's freezing um while looking around investigators also found a piece of glass on the living room couch which contained an unknown drug um and they did successfully get a fingerprint off of that um the fingerprint was like on the glass that they found They found two .40 caliber bullet casings um, at the scene. And Peterson, who was his friend, told detectives that Lauren owned a .40 caliber firearm, which was missing from the home. So to them, it kind of appeared that Lauren had been killed with his own gun. And then whoever had killed him obviously took the gun with them. And no valuables were taken. You know, there was no signs of forced entry. So obviously it wasn't like a robbery situation. Um, It definitely makes it seem like it was somebody he probably had known because clearly nobody broke in. It was like almost like he let someone in. And then that's when it happened. So pretty much... Like very quickly, detectives contacted Suzette Burgo. She had lived in Atlanta and she was having a long distance relationship with Lauren at that time. She said that they communicated daily and that she had last heard from him at approximately 7 p.m. on February 1st. Suzette said that when they last spoke, Lauren was depressed and kind of discussed his ongoing troubles with Portia, his ex. She says every single time he mentioned Portia, it was something just either manipulative, mean, or cruel that she had done. Um, So that kind of is like, oh, that gives investigators a big old red flag to run with that because obviously he's dealing with uh, an ex that is making him go crazy that he's complaining to about his current girlfriend. (laughs) So days earlier... Suzette had been on a video call with Lauren and Portia actually stopped by because she was like insisting that she needed to use the bathroom, which is just, which is just so weird to me. Like, can you imagine 
you're like driving past your ex-boyfriend's house and you're like i you just stop by because you're like i have to go to the bathroom <laughs> i mean if you're on good terms you're like well, what in the damn hell's going on <laughs> right and it's like it's one thing if you're on good terms with your ex like you know if you're like friendly and whatever but like they were not they were they did not have a good relationship and just the fact that she was like i have to use the bathroom <laughs> but and it gets like, weirder speedway down the street exactly like it's like no obviously she just wanted to come in and it definitely gets weirder because suzette was still on the video call with lauren and you know she's watching this all go down she's watching it all happen and suzette says she went to the bathroom and she came out naked and laid across the couch she started to do one thing after another and it would get crazier and crazier every time that's when he was like completely done with her i'm just like dang girl that's bold first of all he's on a video call with his current boo and you're just gonna get butt naked and lay on the couch and i don't know what she means exactly by like she started to do one thing after another and it would get crazier and crazier but i can only imagine i'm kind of i'm okay with not knowing all the details of what she was doing oh my gosh i wonder if she knew she was on the video call right maybe she didn't or didn't realize but you would think because obviously his ex-girlfriend wasn't a fan of his other ex-girlfriend right i'm just thinking like with suzette like you know hey you know i can see you right like or if she was just like i'm gonna just keep quiet and see where this goes because this is just cray cray and right but also she's probably right like she's also probably like but i'm not hanging up because I'm, I'm not giving him the opportunity i'm worried about my friend <laughs> right because yeah. it didn't sound like loren like wanted to hook up he was probably more like oh my god like bitch what are you doing like yeah you just pee and leave like but I don't know. Maybe, maybe he was like, okay, whatever. It's here. You know. I mean, from what it sounded like, it seemed like they're like he was just over the relationship with her. He didn't want to be with her anymore. You know, they had ended things. And it sounded like she was kind of more like not over it and not wanting it to like fully end. And well, it sounds like he doesn't want the drama. He doesn't want yeah. that kind of life. I mean, he's a dad. He's got kids already. He's probably just want to be like, doesn't want the immaturity aspect yeah, of it, you know? Exactly, which is totally justifiable. And it, and you know, from what it sounds like, she definitely brought the drama a lot of the times. Well, yeah, if you can't even like somebody's Facebook post without it being a thing, holy right. And I I know, like. They said he was like a ladies man and he would date multiple women at, at a time. So, you know, he obviously might have been like shady and like talking to other girls too. So then that might have triggered her becoming so insecure. But, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's just a little too much. Yeah. <laughs> a little too much. I uh, I feel like, you know, if girls, if he doesn't want you, he don't want you. And you you can find someone better who will want oh my you. God, there's like so many other 
fish in the seas. There's so many people on this earth. And if there's a dirtball guy who uh, doesn't want you, then keep it pushing. Keep it moving. Don't uh, don't be like Portia. And you're going to see even more so why not to be like Portia. <laughs> so <laughs> detectives spoke with a neighbor of Lauren's who claimed to have seen him a couple of days before his body was discovered. So, you know, to detectives, it, that kind of closed the window of his passing from February 3rd to February 5th. Lauren's friend, Casey Spencer, he spoke with police and kind of filled in the details of his complicated love life. Casey says, I was able to let the police know that Lauren had started seeing another young lady during that time. Portia had been in his life recently and there had been some issues. Spencer says that while Lauren only smoked marijuana, Portia was definitely known to dabble in a lot more of the harder drugs. Um, so they weren't really sure maybe those were her drugs that they found at the scene or if she had gotten him into it um, because it was just also like they were just so entangled together. They were trying to put the pieces together. Um, so detectives just, you know, flat out contacted Portia and asked her to come in for an interview. She did confirm that she and Lauren had an on again, off again relationship um, and detectives asked questions trying to establish some sort of like timeline of everything. And Portia was she was like ready. She was pulling out all the receipts. She was like, OK, let me tell you everything. She was answering all the questions. She says it's paperwork that is going to show where she was on the day that she believes detectives are going to talk about, which is February 1st. Um, and this was surprising to investigators because, you know, their neighbor, Lauren's neighbor had said that he had seen him. So their window of time was February 3rd to the 5th. So they're like, why does she keep talking about or why is she so fixated on February 1st? It was unusual to detectives at that time that she's providing this very detailed accounting of events on February 1st. Um, when, you know, like I said, at that point, Lauren hadn't even been killed, you know, they thought until February 3rd. You know, if we would have had our shit together, we would have recorded this on February 1st. Ah, oh, you're so right. It's me, guys. It's, it's me. Hi. I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> that would have been so Well, then cool. fine. We're never, ever getting back together. Dang, you got to take it there? Because this is exhausting, okay? You're going to take it there? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It was, I do it. I fell asleep, literally. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That would have been pretty cool, though, if we did record this on February 1st. And, you know, the main time here is February 1st. <laughs> we almost had a ding, ding, ding moment. Really? We missed it by, we missed it by a day. <laughs> um. So when they asked about the glass found on Lauren's couch, Portia claimed that she hadn't been to his house in weeks. And she was kind of also talking in circles. You know, she told conflicting stories about whether or not she had ever handled his gun. Um, you know, she would tell one story about like, you know, 
him letting her use it and stuff like that. And then she previously had said that she never touched his gun. So they definitely were like, okay, well, you're not telling us the truth. And by catching her in a lie, detectives were able to arrest her for obstruction. So, you know, gotcha, bitch. (laughs) So police then searched Portia's home, um, which was in the nearby Waukesha They confiscated several items of clothing that were there that were wet and smelled very strongly of cleaner, according to court documents. They then interviewed her sister, who had seen her on February 2nd, um, which was three days before Lauren's body had been found. On February 2nd, Portia tells her sister that Lauren had been shot. No one knew that Lauren had been shot. You know, no one knew anything about this because his body hadn't been found for three days. So that means that Portia had information that no one else in the world had. So, uh, you dumb, my girl, you dumb. If you think that you're going to like get away with this, you know what I mean? Like, okay, well, clearly Portia did it then because nobody else knows that he's dead except for her. That's the problem with talking too much. Exactly. Got to keep it quiet. I mean, not that I'm like wanting people to get away with murder. Let me clarify, but <laughs> I'm just saying. Um. So Lauren's phone, they kind of looked into his records and everything, and it showed no communication after February 1st, which, you know, led detectives to determine that their timeline that they were on of thinking that he died on february 3rd was obviously wrong so they now believe that he was actually murdered five days before his body was found which would have been february 1st so lauren and portia had been texting all day on the first you know they made plans to meet up and portia sent a final text at 12 47 a.m on february 2nd saying I hope you're not mad at me because I didn't come over according to the court documents. And to me, that's like, that's her texting his phone to like cover her tracks to be like, I didn't go to his house, you know, because it's like, that was like a lazy, short, just quick way. Yes. Lazy, quick. Exactly. And it was like so late at night. It's like she was probably like laying in bed thinking like panicking, like, how do I cover this up and all that stuff. And it's like not to mention all his friends knew that he was over her. Oh, yeah. And and they all knew that, you know, at least the way that he talked about her was that she was like very um, I hate to use the word crazy, but like just very dramatic and like like to start drama and kind of all over the place. So. Lauren had also been texting at this point with another girl that he was seeing. Her name was Deschanel Harris. And investigators interviewed Harris, who said that she spent the night of January 31st, 2017 at Lauren's house. So they were kind of just like casually dating and talking. It wasn't like a serious thing because, you know, he was also dating Suzette at the same time but on the evening of february 1st lauren texted harris and it says 
having a much needed conversation with my ex to get closure. Wish me luck. And Harris says that the ex that he was talking about was obviously Portia. Um, So it was like he was he told her he was trying to sort things out with Portia and just wanted to be completely done with anything to do with their relationship altogether. Like he was so over it. He didn't even want to like speak to her ever again. So obviously more red flags are popping up because she's saying that he texted her that night that he died saying that he was having a much needed conversation with Portia because he wanted to completely end any contact with them. So investigators asked Harris to look at pictures of the crime scene in the hopes that she might spot something out of place because she had been there um, like not that long before. And Deschanel Harris, she was able to point to the couch and say that the piece of glass with the drug residue on it was in fact not there when she left on that morning. Um, So, which was, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of impressive that she just could point that out. Especially if you watch the episode, even I think you said low, you were like, how the heck could you even tell if something would have been out of place? <laughs> yeah, they had a little bit of clutter going on. Yeah. Um. So when they tested the substance, that looked like drugs on the glass. It was found to be MDMA and the fingerprint that was found on the glass was none, no other than, um, you guessed it, Portia's fingerprint. And more evidence found against Portia was video footage from a bus ride that she had taken and the clothes that she was wearing. It was like this maroon jacket top jeans that were all found in her home when investigators went those were the clothes that smelled like cleaner so it was like clearly she's washing the clothes to get the evidence off of it um but the the dumb bitch just left them right there to be found i don't know i feel like if i murdered someone i wouldn't just leave the clothes in my house i'd be like we're going to a random dumpster (laughs) so yeah They found that, and even worse for her case, was her cell phone data. Um, What was important was that the phone showed a series of over 100 hits between 7.30 and 11.30, which all hit at Lauren's house. So, like, over 100 hits between that period of hours right at his house during that time it's like okay girl after she killed him she just texted him like hold up i'll be there in a minute i just gotta you know right gotta finish something here real quick i'm right in the middle of something i'll be there right trying to like cover her tracks exactly um so with all of this evidence against her obviously she freaking did it So Portia was arrested and charged with first degree reckless homicide on March 21st, 2017. Um, She ultimately pleaded guilty to second degree reckless homicide in the shooting of Lauren High. And on March 23rd, 2018, she was sentenced But she was sentenced to nine years in prison and another six years of extended supervision. Um, 
which nine years that's like nothing for murder she's 34 at the like right now but she'll be released in 2027 which is just like that's so soon 2027 is going to come up so quick i just feel like you know and you said this too she's going to be so young like her young 40s getting out of prison like nine years is nothing for killing somebody You know, she her thing, her defense was that she like claims that it was an accident that she was there hanging out. He was showing her how to use his gun. She was just messing around with it and she accidentally fired it at him, killing him. And like that just doesn't pan out for me, you know, like especially the the whole thing with the air conditioning being turned to 47 degrees. Like if it was an accident, why not call the cops? Like why make it freezing in there to try to like contain the body and then also like text later being like, oh, sorry, I didn't make it and try to cover up all this stuff. Like in my opinion, I definitely think she was just dealing with like jealous rage. I think that, you know, she went over there because he wanted to have a conversation about completely ending any communication with them he wanted to be completely done and i think that she just got like so enraged and angry and just killed him but uh yeah definitely nine years is just not enough time served for this murder i don't think at all no if has his family would be pissed yeah i'm sure they are because that's nothing I'm sure there'll be people waiting for her when she gets out. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's like, yes, she does have another six years of supervise, supervisation or whatever it was called. But it's like, that's still like, she still gets to live her life. And like, I mean, she's not going to be able to like do her drugs like she was doing before. But <laughs> oh, they'll find ways. That's true. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't get that it was an accident. Mm-mm, not at all you don't yeah. accidentally point it you don't accidentally shoot it and you don't accidentally turn the house down to 47 degrees before you leave <laughs> right exactly it's like if i accidentally if i was playing with someone's gun and i accidentally shot them i would immediately call 911 like there would be no hesitation that would be the first thing that i would do i wouldn't be like oh crap let me just let me just cover my tracks here <laughs> Put them on ice, literally. Literally, that's what she did. Like, so wild to me. But yeah, that was uh, the story. This could have been a uh, world's dumbest criminal case. It really could have. Like, she was not smart at all. She told her sister about it before people even knew about it, which her sister just totally ragged her out, you know? Um, (laughs) But then she like... Yeah, she's like, I don't want to go down for this shit. I wasn't even involved. Exactly. She's like, let me tell you everything she said. (laughs) But yeah, she was not very smart, especially her cell phone being right in that area, all the texts and like the clothes that she just left right out there it's like ooh, she really did not think too deeply about this that's why it kind of does make me think that it wasn't like um pre-planned i really think that she just got so pissed while she was there that she just killed him like in rage kind of like the jody yeah yeah exactly well, jody had a lot of a lot of anger in her kill. yeah a lot <laughs> A lot of anger but yeah that was uh that was just the murder of lauren high um 
And all this came from Snapped. So if you guys want to watch that episode, I don't know what season it was on because there's literally like 30 seasons. We were flipping through it and I'm like, oh my gosh, they have so many seasons. It's crazy. An endless amount of stories for sure on there. <laughs> Which makes for good TV for us. Yeah, absolutely. But yes, um, that wraps up today's story. Um, thank you guys for sticking around and listening. As always. As always. And we will catch you again next week with another new episode. So come back for more. <laughs> we had a, a half of a live audience today. He's he's partially here. He can't hear anything but what I'm saying, but so he heard he heard, you know, bits and pieces. Just my and, comment, my commentary. And he saw my he probably saw my camera glitching all out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, it's late over here, so I'm gonna let Lo get to bed. Well, she's. A, can I? Can I say you're in bed? <laughs> you just kind of did. Well, I can cut it out if you want me to. That's very, very out of me. <laughs> I have heartburn, people. I hey, I think it's iconic. I'm sitting on the floor right now. I'm sitting on my carpeted floor, so you're in a much better position than I am. Okay. <laughs> and that's easy. You just got to close your computer and then you can roll right over, you know? <laughs> Those are facts. <laughs> got the husband here, the dog there. It's like a, a family situation going on right now. Everybody's ready. Everybody's just ready. <laughs> but all right, guys, that is... That's it for this week's this week's show. All right, well we got to go. Stay creepy. Bye. Bye.